With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Appreciate you folks being there in the chat room. Missed you last night. We uh, had kind of slim pickings last night, but I do appreciate the ones that were there. And um, it's good to see you folks tonight. Appreciate you stopping by. So we're going to be in Revelation chapter 10 tonight. And like I mentioned last night, we're getting into another parenthetical chapter. We've been between the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet like it was when we got through the seals. Between the sixth seal and the seventh seal, there was a parenthetical chapter that introduced the first trumpet. Well, between the sixth and seventh trumpet, it's going to introduce, eventually we're going to get to the introduction of the first vial, when the wrath of God starts to be poured out. And also... The set with the seventh trumpet, there's an addendum. With the seventh, with the seventh trumpet and the seventh vial come the three woes. Okay, the three woes, and that last woe is that's 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 when that's it's over. It's over. But anyway, last night we dealt with um, a lot of stuff out of the Old Testament, and tonight. We'll probably do the same a little bit because we're going to run into some personages. In chapter 10 and chapter 11, which are, like I said, it's going to tell us about, it's going to bring us in to the first vial and at the beginning of the, into the seventh trumpet and going to bring us in to the first vial and then one of the woes and we're going to get, the witnesses are going to, in chapter eleven. It's going to it's going to bring up the two witnesses that are so much controversy about. It's going to bring up that so-called temple that there's so much controversy about amongst our persuasion. Um, we're going to 
finally and forever, and I and I challenge anybody to to bring an argument against it, where it takes place at, because the Bible plainly tells you you have to deny the word of God or put it in history. And I'll show you why you can't do any of that when we get to it. But here in chapter 10, we're going to deal with the title, Ownership of the World, being given to the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, isn't the world, isn't God's world anyway? You know, the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. See, and there enter the adversary. You see, when the Lord made Adam, he made Adam to be a steward over what he had made. The second time, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Well, that means it was replenished at one time before. We don't know what happened between Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. But we do know that everything, the things of the earth and the things on, on, this, on this earth we live on were given to Satan to be the God over them. Adam got rulership to start with and he screwed up, okay? He blew it. So it was taken away from him and it's been sorrow ever since. But we're going to see the angel give the title deed back to who it belongs to, the one that created everything. And then we're going to see is John's going to be John's going to talk about um, what the angel told him to do, and that's where we're going to deal a little bit with the Word of God. But anyway, before we get started, um, has anybody got any prayer request in the chat room? And I apologize that I don't ask more often. It should be brought to my attention. Brother Chad, <laughs> remind me, brother. Okay. Your brother David, more, well, not, not necessarily every, every program, but more than I do, okay? Because I'm sure people's got, desire, got uh, problems that they need praying for. Yes, amen. Yeah, so anybody out there, just, yeah, throw it, throw it out there. Brother David and I will be watching. Yeah, and I'll give you time to write them, write them down right this second. I know there's a delay between when I talk and, and y'all hear and all that stuff. Anyway. And if they type like me, they're very, very slow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or me. <laughs> that is slow. Big time. I'd like to remind you again that some of us are in a 24-hour fast, I know you're not supposed to tell anybody you fast with it. It doesn't make it's no big deal. It's not no secret. It's not no secret thing. Not a personal thing. This is about. This is for you. And this is for our country. This is for our people. All right. And some of us are on a 24-hour fast in prayer, and we're going. To, the fast will end in the morning. As far as that goes, you can fast six hours. There's no special time or no special way. There's many different kinds of fasts. All the fast is is a sacrifice and denying denying to the flesh. That's all it is. It's no holy holy thing, you know. Not no big deal, secretive thing. It's just a an outward show of your saying the, the death to the flesh, and you're spending that time. You're 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 letting the, the flesh go lacking, so you can tend to the spiritual man more than you do the outward man, the old man. 
the one that's dead, the one that you're captured in, that's, that's got you captured, <laughs> that you're a prisoner of right now. But uh, pray that um, God, well, I don't have to pray for that because he's going to do what he's going to do anyway. His will will be done one way or the other. But if it be possible, if it be his will, pray that he will allow North America to go under one of our own kind again. I appreciate that very much because it's, it, it's, um, it would be beneficial not only to North America, it would be beneficial to Albion, Great Britain. It'd be, it would be beneficial to Canada. It would be super beneficial to Australia. It would be beneficial to all the places where our brethren are at. Because that's how powerful this country is. At least it should be. There was a, a guy out there on the, one of the corners where uh, people do preaching, and he was listening to a little bit of them, but he was just going on and on. He had a, a thing drawn on on the uh, American flag in a heart type thing, and I think it was he was he was he was promoting Trump, but he was just basically going on and on about how America can't beat anybody anymore. You know, America can't beat ISIS, America can't beat this, America... That's because America's one behind ISIS, okay? Yeah, amen. They created Al-Qaeda. Great Britain and America created Al-Qaeda. Yes. And they cre- and then ISIS as well, so that's just people just don't know. Yeah. No, whenever I say, well, you know, is, the Jews are behind the Islamic invasion of Europe... People don't get that. They're like, how, how, how are the Jews and, and, the, and the Islam getting along? It's money, folks. They're not getting along. They're just using them. It's just the way they use the Negroes in the United States. If there's, if there's, if there's a Jewish banker involved, they're going to use everybody to their own benefit. That's Follow the money. Follow the money. Yeah, it's not Love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. Any question? Is there any prayer request in the chat room? Nothing, uh, man. I'm glad everybody's got everything, got it, got it together, and I've got a, a perfect congregation. That's great. Anyway, brother um, David, if you would open us in word of prayer. Yes, I will. Lord Jesus Christ, that we come tonight and we ask you, Lord of all the earth. We know that the earth and it all it contains belongs to the Lord. That this world system of government belongs to the devil and that's his world this world of its constitutional orders of government overseen by the divine council and father and their foot soldiers and the ones they choose to bring into positions of power under their rulership whether they knowingly or unknowingly are being used they are being used But yet in the midst of all that, Father, we know in Jesus' name that you can raise up men after your own heart, though they are just men, imperfect, making errors, sins, and mistakes. And yet you can choose someone to do certain, achieve certain goals that you have in mind and to establish certain things and to set an, an ambiance and a stage where the Word of God can run wild. Together with the Spirit of God, the stage can be set 
by man by allowing certain freedoms and things to work together with the Lord. So, Father, tonight I pray that if it be your will that Donald Trump would win, but if not, whoever your choice is, let it be so. And I pray that all these leaders around the world that are like the Clintons who have brought into captivity Israelites, white Christians, Around the world, they've brought them into captivity. They've murdered them. They've murdered their babies and their children. And I stand on the word of God that these people should be killed in yes, the name Lord. of Jesus. Yes, Every single one of those people on the earth who uh, act like the Clintons act, wherever they live, in whatever country, if they've touched the apple of your eye, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and agree with your word that they should die and let them die rapidly. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that righteousness is again established in the lands of white Christian Israel. And I pray that the word of God is respected and the word of God is searched out to answer all problems rather than searching out the counsels of the ungodly and the sinners and the heathens. That we would return to the Lord and pray and seek God's direction by His Spirit through the Word. And I pray tonight, Lord, that let it begin with your leaders. Let it begin with your prophets, your preachers, your pastors, your teachers. Let them be the first to repent. Let them be the first to cry out to you, to to use them again, Lord, to establish the work of the Lord on the earth, to preach the gospel, to bring it, usher in righteousness on the earth. And let all your people everywhere, Lord, repent. And, Lord, if it's through economic calamity or some other way of chastising people to the point where they're in need and have to cry out to you, then so be it. But I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it done to the Lord's glory. Amen. Yes, Father. Amen. 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 Brother Chad, turn to uh, Psalms chapter 2. Okay. Folks, what's going to happen tomorrow is when what's been happening over the last 6,000 years is all part of what Brother Chad's fixing to read. You want to talk about conspiracy? This is the big conspiracy. This is in every little bitty conspiracy that that that's true comes from this big conspiracy of Psalms chapter 2. So when, if anybody tries to come at you and call you a conspiracy nut, tell them, well, I'm sorry, but I, I'm backed up by the Word of God. And if you're not a conspiracy nut, then you don't believe the Word of God because we're fixing to read the mother of all the conspiracies. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Psalm 2. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain... What in God's name are you reading? Psalm... That ain't a King James Bible, brother. Oh, my goodness. Pardon me. I was doing a little cross-referencing earlier. That's not the first time that's happened. No, no. Good good catch. Uh, Yeah, you're not going to get it by me, I promise you, brother. Oh, I I wasn't trying, but uh, amen, amen. But yeah, I've been I've been studying the uh, anyway the uh, differences of the uh, mm. you know the evil ones versus the original. Anyway, there's Psalm chapter two in English. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? 
The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. There's your conspiracy right there. Two pe- that, that, there's, two, there's two groups taking counsel against the That's a conspiracy against the Father and the Son. That's, that's where all conspiracies come from. Is out of this main conspiracy here. Because the little ones, the Masons, the Jesuits, all the conspiracies from Egypt that they talk about. It's all about the rulers of the earth gaining control against the Lord of Heaven. Continue on, brother. And against his anointed. Yeah, that's what I said, the Lord of Heaven, right. Yeah. Saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. And that's what's fixing to take place. That's what we're in in the book of Revelation, the judgments of God on a Christ-rejected world. Go ahead. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Amen. 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 And that's that's the that's the do that's the duplicity that's been going on since the very beginning. That's the duality that's been going. That's the conspiracy that's been going on since the very beginning, folks. And like I said earlier, being redundant and more redundant, every little bitty thing that springs off to the right or to the left that everybody talks about can be traced right back to this conspiracy in Psalms chapter 2 because that's what the agenda is. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you seen them kick God out of everything? Didn't they say, let us throw his bands off of us? Isn't Christianity frowned real Christianity? I've said real Christianity frowned at. It's all there. All the, and and look, looks like they got an upper hand, doesn't it? Working on, I mean, they're they're flooding the cut with heathen. They're flooding our our nations, forcing this on us. What have we got? When, when you know, there's a poem that I wish Brother David would look up and read, because folks, we may be very close to it. 
And it was by Rudyard Kipling, I believe. It's called When the Saxon Begins to Hate. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I you don't mind, that. if you look that up and read it for everybody, mm-hmm. brother. Okay. Because, folks, we don't know how long, what time period is um, the Lord's got, how much longer there is left in this um, this mystery of God. That's what it's called, by the way. We're going to find that out shortly here in chapter 10. But um, if it is a long period of time, if it is another generation, which I don't see how possibly could be, but it might be, and if it is, we're going to have to fight. What has happened? We've been dumbed down. We've, we've been castrated as a people. We've been effeminized by television and by fads and by advertisement, mind control, heavy and small. It's just like nobody's a man anymore. Nobody's a real woman anymore. It's like a mixture. Well, you know what? A war is when a government tells you who your enemy is. You know, a revolution is when you figure out who the enemy really is and take action. That's the difference between a war and revolution. And I don't give a flying flip. Who hears this? People are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Our people are, even though they're afraid to say it with their lips, in their hearts they know what's going on. Unless they're just absolutely so deceived, God's turned them over to a reprobate mind. That's what he did to the bunch before the flood. Romans 1 tells us that. We're right at that point now. We're right at that point. Brother Chad turned to Romans 1. Brother Dave, I want you to go ahead and read this poem when the Saxon begins to hate. The Wrath of the Awakened Saxon by Rudyard Kipling. It was not part of their blood. It came to them very late with long arrears to make good, when the Saxon began to hate. They were not easily moved. They were icy, willing to wait, till every count should be proved, ere the Saxon began to hate. Their voices were even and low. Their eyes were level and straight. There was neither sign nor show when the Saxon began to hate. It was not preached to the crowd. It was not taught by the state. No man spoke it aloud when the Saxon began to hate. It was not suddenly bred. It will not swiftly abate through the chilled years ahead when time shall count from the date that the Saxon began to hate. Yep. It's in our genetic code not to put up with what we're putting up with now. It's just not. 
when real when real Bible believing preachers used to preach from these pulpits a hundred years ago, they didn't give a tinker's damn what the government thought about anything. And they were against tyranny. They were against lying and thievery. Back when there was no such thing as a politician, they were called statesmen. You hear what I said? Politicians is just a new a new animal on the block. They used to be statesmen whose word and reputation were their their word was their bond. Sure, there's always been crooked a minority of crooked here or, or crooked one there. But some, if you read history, real history, you find out that even some of the most crooked ones had more character than some of the people you think are good folks today. That's a sad, sad thing. If you've ever sat under any true, born-again, Bible-believing preacher or teacher, he's told you the problem. He's told you where the problems come from. Because the problems come where they always come from. History's nothing but a circle. Bread and circus. Pleasure. Rampant immorality. It all comes with the territory, folks. That's what happened... When Paul Paul tells you what happened before the flood, Brother Chad's fishing to read it. See if it sounds familiar. See? Don't think about the blue gum and the chink and the raghead and the squat monster down in Mexico. Don't think about it. Think about your own people. Because it's all that matters anyway. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. See? Not the other ones. There ain't no finger pointing here. The, it, it, the finger pointing, if you get in a mirror and then point your finger, you find the problem. Love and pleasure more than love, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter two, chapter 3. Folks, we're all guilty till it's got to this point to where we're fixing to be overran, overrun with every every kind of creature that there is. And we're going to be outnumbered in our own country that our fathers, our forefathers gave their blood to get for us. Here in North America, we're going to be outnumbered completely. It won't be a snowball's chance in hell. Now, this is all that the Lord tarries. But, hey, like I said before the program started and said, maybe it's that's what the Lord, maybe that's part of the, you know, that's in the cards. But the Lord also has those promises in, in the book, too, you know. 
you know, degeneration comes no matter what unless there's an influx from the outside, the rejuvenation. Second law of thermodynamics requires an influx of energy from outside the enclosed system or else it goes to hell in a handbasket every single time. There are no exceptions. So the Lord's intervention into this would be an input from the outside, outside of the enclosed system. So it would not be going against prophecy at all. It wouldn't be going against the word of God at all. You say God's sovereign. He can do anything he wants to. That's absolutely true except one thing. He cannot lie. And the words of God cannot be broken. And, Pastor Don, this whole thing can be turned around in one generation. Yes. One generation. Yes. If the people who are called by his name humble themselves and pray, if they repent of their sins, if they search for the Lord, if, as a nation, a large percent, I'm not saying even 50, a good percentage of the people turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ right. and seek him and come together and right. start a movement where it's just whites for whites under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, him first, foremost, at all times, everywhere. Amen. And... You can pray, and I've been led to start to pray this way for over a year now. You can pray that every one of these heathen people of other races, that the women's wombs are closed, and the men cannot produce seed, and they cannot have children as long as they've transgressed the borders of their habitation. When they return, let it be done as unto the Lord there in our land, this habitation belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and the white Christian Israelites. I will not allow them to be having children in our land that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. They've transgressed. They've been seduced by the Jews and brought here. They must return to be blessed. Every blessing that they think they're going to get, all the money, it's going to turn into a curse here. Everything they put their hands to will be destroyed. They will fail at everything, at school, at jobs. Nothing they do will bring about a desire to stay, and they will be filled with utter and deep remorse, depression, and regret that they ever came to this land, and they will flee. Okay, let, let me. now that you say that, let me do like a lot of other uh, so-called quote-unquote teachers do. Let me yank a verse. Let me yank a verse on you. To what Brother okay. Dave is talking about. Go to go to Isaiah thirteen. Okay. And scroll and Isaiah thirteen. The context of Isaiah thirteen is the destruction of Babylon. And it ain't talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. It's talking about the end time Babylon because I've told you till I'm tired of telling you, Babylon was never raised to the ground, ever in history. But it is in chapter 13 of Isaiah. So it's future. So the verse we're going to pull out supposedly out of context, which it's not, because this is the end time. See what it says about that. Scroll down there to you till you see where it talks about the Lord says that everyone's going to leave this land and go back to their own country. About three quarters of the way or halfway down the chapter, brother. Mm-hmm. 
It's right in the middle of the Lord um, pouring his wrath out. Some of you didn't even know it was in the Word of God. There is, yes, there's a verse that says from this certain land where Babylon is that everyone would leave and go back to their own country because there are a bunch of foreigners there that shouldn't be there. And then it goes on. It's just like one of them kind of throwaway verses. But all chapter 13 is future, folks. It is not the past. It's got nothing to do with the past. It's not a king mentioned, and Babylon was never turned upside down. Stones never was. It degenerated. It was saved. And it just fell into ill repute into what it is today. You found it, Brother David? Um, just read the whole chapter so you can get, so people get the context and everything. Well, I'll start at verse 6. Then. Okay. Uh, paragraph marker. How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? If you know the book of Revelation, you've been with us, you remember. Does it sound familiar? See, the, yes. You see what I mean by context? The people that try to tell you that's in the past, folks, every bit of this is future. One-third of, of the this. stars, right? We'll that's be right. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, amen. And sun, one-third of, of the sunlight will be turned to darkness. And the moon. Yes, and the moon. Yeah. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity and i will cause the arrogance of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible i will make a man more precious than fine gold even a man than the gold uh, golden wedge of orfer therefore ophir therefore i will take the heavens shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. And it shall be as the chaste roe, and as the sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn to his own people, and flee every one into his own land. See there? You didn't even know it was in the Bible. Most of y'all didn't. That's right. That's right in the middle. The day of the Lord is the context, folks. There's no telling how there's there's no telling how far we are already into the to Daniel's seventieth week, folks. We definitely are not halfway. Could be right on the preface the precipice of it. Because you see the first the first three and a half years of Daniel's seventieth week. There's not there is not a time it's not a time period of um 
of all the destruction and everything, all that starts taking place. We're, get, we're just now getting into that right now. Just wanted to throw that out to you in case you don't know anything about it. Anyway, Brother Chad, I want you to start in verse uh, Romans 1, starting verse 16. And let's see if it sounds familiar. See if there's anything's new under the sun. Let's see if God may have turned everybody over to a reprobate mind, if the possibility is there. Go ahead, Brother. Sure thing. I just wanted to uh, throw this one verse in that I found today very helpful with what you were talking about with the revival and what it would take just uh, from Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 There's a, there's a worldly saying out there, folks. It's, a, it's supposedly a historical quote that evil can only prosper when good men do nothing. Amen. And you know what? That's true. You, you know how I know it's true? Walk in a dark room and light a candle. Do I have to explain the illustration? Watch the darkness flee at the light of one candle. Yes. Imagine ten candles, and the darkness continues to pull away. You see what I mean? You see, that's what that, that's what that means, that, that evil can only abound when good men do nothing. Say, ain't nobody good. I know all that. You understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about the goodness of the inner man, the perfect man, the one that never sins, the obedient Christian that really loves the Lord, that really seeks to do His will and not just give Him lip service. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. First verse I ever memorized when I come a Christian. First verse, Romans one sixteen. Go ahead, brother. Just brought back memories. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, 
to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, those that last bunch got a kick out of watching the other ones do what they were doing. There's your reference to TV. Mm-hmm. Right there in Romans chapter 1. Okay, on that light note, let's go to Revelation chapter 10. Brother Dave, start with okay. chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 1, brother. Revelations 10, verse 1. And Brother Chad, while he does that, I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 16, okay? Yes. Go ahead, Brother Dave. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Okay, I want you to stop right there. Let's, 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 let's go back up to verse 1 and come back down through there again, and I'll stop you. Okay. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Okay. I'm, I'm more, it, if, there's, if there's anybody, any downloaders that, that are halfway biblical students, I, I hate that word scholar, okay? But our half, I'll just go ahead and say, if there's any halfway Bible scholars out there that has read after any of the previous, any previous teachings from the old times or up even today, there's a big argument and a, and a breakdown in between who, who this what who this angel is. Some of them claim it's Jesus Christ. 
Well, it, 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 there's an, and and I totally disagree with them. Totally disagree with them because of the very first few words in the, number one, the very first few words in the in the sentence here in, in verse one says, "And I saw another angel, liken it to the angel we previously seen in the previous chapters, which was an angel." Yeah. I understand that in the Old Testament that Christ appeared as the angel of the Lord in his pre-incarnate state. I understand that. And could he have could he have changed back and forth, back and forth from the from when John uh, John saw him as the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world that we we've already read about? I don't think so. Because the post-incarnate Christ the post-incarnate Christ is totally different. John's done gave you the description of him back in an earlier chapter. And you're going, if you paid attention to the wording that's coming up, you'll see that he, he's speaking when he, when he makes the claim that he's going to make. He's talking about the one that some of these so-called scholars say this is. And I'm talking about some good brethren, Okay. And I see the I see the points that they make why they would think this was Christ. Some of the little bitty points I understand that, but if they, they but I disagree with them completely. I disagree with them completely. I just think it was another powerful angel, because they're innumerable folks. There's there's stuff that we have no clue about. All we know is what the scriptures tell us about the cherubim, the seraphim, you know, and the regular angelic beings, the host, the, the guardian angels, the stuff like that. It's all we know about, watchers. We know what the scripture tells us. Anything outside of that is guessing. This right here is not Jesus Christ. It likens him to a previous angel, doesn't give any specific um, um doesn't say he's any better than anybody. It's just a mighty angel. Okay. Can I ask a question? Sure. Um, the angel of the Lord. Yes. I often heard that talked about in the Old Testament and agree, agree that it's a pre-incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the New Testament, I can't think, can you, of a, a time where it mentions the angel of the Lord in reference to Jesus? Yes, it does. Does it? Okay. Yes, it does. And let me I'll, I'll remind you where it's at. Okay. You remember when Paul was on the boat in the shipwreck? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 there we are. And he said, this night stood by me the angel of the Lord. Yes. Whose I am and whom I serve. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So, right. yes, there is one mention of it, brother. That's where it's at. Okay. Anyway. So uh, I don't think it's Jesus Christ. I think it's just another mighty angel that's got something to do for the Lord, and he's fixing to do it. So go ahead, Brother Dave, verse 2. Verse 2. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Okay, he's got a little book in his hand. All right. Now we saw back there. Remember the book, the little, the book that the seven seal book of the seals that we read back in early, earlier in the book of Revelation. Earlier, in earlier chapter. I forget what chapter it was. Chapter six, I believe. 
is what chapter it was. It was in one of the parenthetical chapters. But he's got a little book in his hand, and he's going to step on the land and the, he's going to stand on the land and the sea, and he's got a proclamation to make. And in these verse three, we're going to talk about these thunders too. So go ahead and read verse three again, brother. And cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Seven thunders uttered their voices. So, everybody, this is a this is a mystery, folks. This is a mystery because you're going. We're going to see in just a second that we don't know what they said. And there's been so many wild speculations over the last two thousand years. It's pitiful. It's the that it's, it's, but the, the 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 angel plainly is going to tell him, seal them up. Yes. Don't say what I. That's wild. He would tell him and then tell him to close it up. Like he's getting direct communication from. He's got a he's got a CB radio to to the throne room or something. You know. I don't know, but anyway. These thunders thunders uttered their voices. You remember when the Lord spoke to Jesus at the uh, the baptism? And no, the baptism. And it thundered. Some said there, and God spoke from heaven. Some said it thundered. And others said an angel spoke from heaven. So you get association with thunder and voice. See, there's one place that you get a. Uh, mm-hmm. correlation between the voice and thunder. There's other places in the Word of God, in Proverbs and Psalms, where it talks about the Lord's voice being like thunder. And these are seven thunders. So they all uttered it gives them intelligence. They Whatever they are, they're, says they're... Read it again, brother. And cried with a loud voice, as a, when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Okay, so they, it gives them intelligence. They're speaking, whatever they are. Brother Chad, turn to Psalms chapter 29. Okay. And I'll show you something. If, if, if any of you guys out there that, that do study the Word of God can make anything out of this, fine. But it... it I don't know if you can or not, but we're just going to see what it says in Psalms 29 for a, for, for a few verses. Okay. Start reading verse 1, brother. Let's see if we can hear anything about the Lord's voice or anything to do with thunder or anything like that. Go the ahead. Psalm of David. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory, uh, the the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian, like a young unicorn. I want you to count how many times it uses the word voice mm. when you started associated with that thunder. Count how many times. I, 
You want me? You want to guess, or you want me to tell you how many it is? I'm going to guess seven. You're exactly right. That's just my guess. Seven times. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So seven voices of the Lord in Psalm 29. Yeah, that's it. And by the way, you'll find in the context of Psalms 29, he's dealing with the divine counsel. That's where it takes place at. Anyway, it's another subject for another time. Back to Revelation chapter 10. Brother Dave. Okay. Verse 4. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Man. Man. Why did he let him say anything then? You know? You know, I thought everything was was unsealed now. Everything was revealed. Not so. Not so. I wondered why he told us this. That's right. That's what I'm fixing to get to shortly. Daniel said that the angel told Daniel to seal it up. Uh-huh. Well, now we're in the unsealing business. He said, seal it up to the time of the end. That's what he said in Daniel chapter 11. They lit up to the time of the end. Well, it's at the time of the end, man. We're, we're right here. And this time period, if you want to get on the timetable clock of Daniel's 70th week, it's probably somewhere around the th- three and a half years when this takes place. Right around there a little bit after or a little bit before. It's right sometime. Right in there. Like I said, this is parenthetical. This is explaining something that's gonna, that, that the other part didn't explain. But... He says, seal these things up. And he never tells us what's there. Now, these are the words of God. If they're the words of God, if they're the words of a cloud or thunder. But are the thunder, is the thunder the voice of the Lord? If it is, then all the words of God have not been revealed. Listen to me close. If it, is, if it is the words of the Lord, then all the words of the Lord are not revealed. And there, it says that they are revealed. But here it says they're not. And there's nowhere from this point forward that they are. There's only one place that I can think of that it's possible you might could fit this fit an answer into this, okay? Otherwise, I don't know. And that's one thing I want to ask him when I get there. What in the world did it, that? What did it, what did them th- that thunder say? I'd love to know. Them seven voices. What did they say? That was so important that you sealed it up. But there's one place that's it may be possible to fit this thing, this little book, whatever it was, it was supposed to write down. There's one place that it might be revealed. And that's at the very end of the book where it says 
the books, plural, were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. It doesn't say two books were opened and then the book of life was opened. It just uses plural. It was at least two. Could have been a hundred, a thousand. Remember back in Malachi when it talked about those books? That book in Malachi that is not mentioned anywhere else in Scripture? I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's where we're going we're gonna to find out what the voices said. I'm just saying it may be a place where it is revealed. I don't have the answer to this. Nobody else does either. And it's a good thing. It shows you that nobody's got all the answers. Anybody that claims to is a bloviating, self-centered, reprobate with a, with a deceived mind. Nobody's got this book mastered. Nobody does. The mystery of God hadn't even been revealed yet. That's what the angel's getting ready to tell you. It's not revealed to the end. What make what would make anybody think they had it figured out now? Pride. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are, and there's the earth. Your, there, stop, just say, there's your another reason why it's not Jesus Christ. He lifted his hand up to heaven and swear by him. He didn't swear. He's not up in heaven swearing to himself while he's standing down on earth in the sea. It's not Jesus Christ, folks. It's not. Go ahead, brother. And the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, and that there should be Time no longer. Okay, the way that time no longer is in there, what what the angel is actually saying is this is about we're almost to the end. That the times that that we're almost to the end of all this stuff. Like I said, this time, this period of time when this is taking place is probably a little bit into the three and a half years, or a little bit right right at the start of it. Or a little bit into it is when this this it, that's guesstimation, folks. I don't know for sure, but that's what the angels saying. This time shall be no longer. It's talking about everything's fixing to wrap up, folks. It's fixing to wrap up. How do you know that? You're going to know that by what he says just shortly. You're going to know that's what he meant by the context. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. Verse 7, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Now, there's that mystery of God. That's the father holding his cards close to his vest, and he ain't shown his hand yet. Not completely. There's some things that we don't have a clue about, folks. What we need to know for this three score and tens in this book, what we need to know now. On the other side, after the glorified body and the completed mind of Christ, then we'll get it all. We'll get the full mother load. 
But this is this is the, this is the beginning of the end. This is the beginning when the whole mystery of God shall be finished. Why do the righteous suffer? Why does the God? Why, why does the Father take away a precious little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl of sixteen years old and leave some sorry, wicked, low-down, murdering heathen? Why does he do that? I'm speaking on a personal basis now. You ask those questions. Why? Well, yeah, well, you, the mind. Who, you can't know the mind of an infinite God. That's what makes atheist the mystery of God. Why is he so long suffering? Why doesn't? Why does he let wicked prosper? Why does he let people like that? That female dog, that wicked witch, run for office. How does he? Why does he let them get away with all their murdering, cheating, stealing escapades? Because in God's eyes, number one, and a partial answer is, in His eyes. Time there is the time don't it mean nothing. Like when he says he'll return shortly, he meant every word of it. But shortly to the Lord is short is not shortly to us. When it says the time is at hand, it is. It is just like to the Lord. It's just like the Lord Jesus Christ has just got there and. and put the blood on the mercy seat and turned around, listened to Stephen's message and stood up, sat back down, took him a drink of water and got back up and now he's getting ready to come back. That's about that's how fast it is to the Lord. To us it's been 2,000 years. If you got the mind of Christ, if you are born again, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you better learn to start thinking like God. You think like your your folks, see. You don't think about uh, rap. I hope you don't think about rap music and uh, pig knuckles and turnip greens and pickle pig feet like like the like the blue gums think of. See, that's the way they think. We don't our culture. We don't think that way because we're different. Well, if you're of God, you should think like God. If you're if the Lord Jesus Christ is your big brother, you need to incorporate your big brother's thoughts. You need to read what he had to say. And the one that emulated him to a T in the flesh was the Apostle Paul. That told you to emulate himself and told you to do the things he did because they were of Christ. And it was revealed to him a bunch of the mysteries of God that he gave to us that were hidden from all the past people for thousands of years, but were revealed to him. That the mystery of God should be finished. Why does he let this? Why does he let these reprobate hook noses 
get away with what they get away with. There's a little hint in Genesis 15:16, and it says, But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So there's that aspect that we can't fully understand, but iniquity has to complete its course. It sure does. It absolutely yeah. does. But the Lord said he'd shorten the time, see? Amen. Because for the elect's sake. Because he said if he didn't shorten the time, there'd be no flesh left alive. We know, we don't know when those, when's the time of the Gentiles end? That's another question. That's a mystery. When does it end? I don't know. I know when it does end, the economy or the concepts of the old covenant come back into effect. God requires that which is past. You're going to see that more and more as we go from this point forward. You're going to see the the Old Testament economy come back into the forefront. You won't hear anything more about grace and mercy and faith. You won't hear no more about that. Won't be none of it. Nope, 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 nope. Won't hear no more. Won't hear no more about, you know, by grace through faith that you saved, and that not of yourselves the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not going to hear any more about that. You're going to hear something about a temple. You're going to hear something about sacrifice. You're going to hear something about Moses' law. You're going to, you're going to hear the Old Testament economy or the covenant speech, the covenant talk of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant come back in to fruition during this period of time. Not going to hear nothing like it is now. When the restrainer is taken away and everything is, all of the 52 cards face up on the table are laid up, you ain't going to hear nothing from Pauline epistles. But the deceivers in the world, those ones it talks about in Matthew 24, that say they're Christ and are not, this, they're going, you know what they're going to be preaching? You know what they're going to be telling everybody to do? They'll be telling everybody, only believe. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what they're going to be preaching. And then there's another bunch that's going to be preaching a different gospel. And there's an angel that's going to set forth another gospel that's absolutely contrary to the gospel that the Apostle Paul preached. Folks, that's why this book's so tough. That's why you have to rightly divide the Word of God. That's why you have to understand all the covenants. That's the reason you've got to understand the words, where the commas are, what, what context it's talking about. There's more to this than finding out that you're at white's Israel and the Jews are bad. There's all kind of folks that's going to wind up in the bad place that knew that all along. So I'm just warning you before we get any further, that's what you're going to see. 
No mention of the church, no mention of the ecclesia, no mention of the body of Christ till the very last few verses. That's where the bride shows back up. Now, why is that? Now, I'm asking you, I'm not telling you nothing. I'm asking you, why is that? Do you think this would be a transition period? It is. Between the of course and- it is. It absolutely sure is. It's a it's a it's a transition period, brother, between between grace, grace and faith, faith. Mm-hmm. into the millennial law. The house, the law, the house. That's exactly right, brother. According to the the according to the word of God, laid out in in laid out in its time periods, that's exactly correct. That's the only way you can reconcile it. You can't reconcile it any other way. And I'm sticking to it. It's a trend just like just like the book of Acts is a transition from under the old covenant to the gospel given to Paul. And Hebrews is a transition from that part into the tribulation and to the Daniel seventieth week and on into the, the time of God's wrath. This book of Revelation has transitional parts of it that takes them into the millennial kingdom. And those that don't believe in the millennial kingdom and all that, they you don't have you don't know the you'll never know the book. And I don't say that being mean. I say that because you didn't do due diligence to study. You did not do due diligence to reconcile the scriptures that contradicted with one another. God is not the author of confusion. He can't say in one place one thing and speak out the other side of his mouth and say something in another place. And both of them, how can he do that and both of them be true at the same time? There is only one way. Rightly divide the word of truth. That's the only way. If you get that, you're a, you're 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 a millennium ahead of every all the other folks out there that claim that they're Bible students. If you just get what I just said, I have given classic example after example after example. I ain't heard nobody say that's cool. I now I understand. I see how it's done. I ain't heard a single soul bring that up. How can the Lord say if you call somebody a fool, you're in danger of hellfire, then turn around and call somebody a fool? And Paul goes around calling folks fools all the time. How, how, How do you reconcile it? How do you reconcile if you say you're not you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you? And then three three chapters later say it's impossible for you to sin. How do you reconcile that, see? And this same man writing it's in the same book. How can you reconcile Paul saying if another angel 
or if another man or even an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel other than that which I preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then in Revelation 14, we're going to find an angel coming down from heaven preaching another gospel. Do you think that angel from God's accursed? How do you reconcile it? The only way you can is to rightly divide the book and, and, and understand time periods of the Lord that they change. God don't change, but the way He deals with us, He does change. you got to get it, folks. If you, but you ain't got to do nothing. But if you get that, you'll be, like I said, you'll be leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of them out there that claim that they're this grand poobah. I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a country bumpkin heathen sinner. Okay? But I love the Lord and I know the book. And I believe what he said. And I'm not going to say lie anywhere. And I'm not going to say this book's wrong. And I'm not going to say it's a bad translation. And I'm not going to do none of that stuff. Because I know how revelation gets cut off from you. Pride cometh before destruction, folks, and the Holy Spirit before fall. Now, what I just quoted you a while ago is in the, in the Word of God. I quoted you the verses. I'm landing right here because we're fixing to get in some heavy stuff, folks. We're going to get real. We're going to run across three different classifications of folks. All three different bunches has got different commandments they got to do, or told to do three different things. They're not all the same. Now, I'm warning you before we get there. You'll be done forgot it, you know, in 10 minutes probably. But don't forget it. Write it down. Brother Dave, turn to Galatians 1. Okay. I'm going to give you the examples one more time before we go any further in the book of Revelation because, folks, I'm going to say some stuff that you're not going to agree with, a lot of you folks, and especially some of the downloaders because I know where you come from. I know the persuasions you come from. I don't care if you come out of... Uh, the First Independent Baptist Church of St. Louis, Missouri. <clears throat> You're going to disagree with some of the stuff I say, and what I'm going to tell you is going to be the absolute provable from the Word of God without no ambiguities whatsoever. So what you'll be arguing with won't be arguing with Brother Don. You'll be arguing with God. Brother Chad, while he's um, reading Galatians chapter 1, I want you to look in your concordance. I think it's in uh, Revelation 14 where I saw an angel from heaven um, preaching uh, um, another gospel. You see if you can find it, okay? okay. I'll have to go find it. I'm, I'm reason I'm getting you to do it because I'm going to say something when Brother Dave starts down through Galatians 1. Okay? Yes. Okay, go ahead and find it. Brother Dave, start in Galatians chapter 1. Verse 1? Yeah, just start there. Paul, an apostle, 
not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you, and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. You know what the word accursed means, folks? It means damned. Keep on, brother. For do I now persuade men, or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see there, folks, it's straight from the Lord's mouth. He was taught his gospel. Not taught by anybody else but Jesus Christ. Go ahead, brother. For ye have heard of my conversion, conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Okay, brother. Brother Chad, you found the verse? Yes. Okay, I want you to read it to him. Now, give, brother Dave, go read that again. Though I or an angel from heaven come preaching to any other. Read that. Read it, brother. Okay. David. Yes. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Okay, brother Chad, now I want you to read. Revelation 14.6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, and kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven, and earth, and sea, and the fountains of waters. See there, that ain't got nothing to do with the grace of God. That's got nothing to do with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's got nothing to do with the death, burial, and resurrection. That's got nothing to do with the gospel Paul preached. That ain't even got nothing to do with the gospel that Peter preached. How are you going to reconcile them? The only way you can reconcile them is put them in a different period, folks. God's dealing with this bunch of reprobates in a different way than he's, dealing, than he's dealt with me and you over the last 2,000 years. That's one of the reasons for his long-suffering. 
because he was picking out a bride. He was taking out a bride for his son. And that's what you are if you're the elect of God. You are his bride. It's a replacement, folks, if you really want to get technical. I'm I'm 95% sure that the simplicity of the matter is this. He's replacing that third of the angels that fell with Satan that we're going to read about in Revelation 12. And when the last one of those get replaced, then that's going to be and then it's going to be Katie Bar the doors. There's going to be a change in scenery. Ninety-five percent sure that's what that's what's going on. And there's less and less true Christians being brought into the body of Christ and the bride. There's less and less true Christians being taught the truth. How do you know that? Because wicked is abounding more and more. That's why I know that. Back to Revelation 10. And I said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go over that again. I could go. I could go and give you example after example. I could go to First John and give you that example. Okay. Give you two or three more examples. But uh, that's that's a good enough one right there. You just can't say, oh, it just can't be right. Well, then give me the true answer then. If you're so smart and the Lord has used you and you've been put, you've got this special revelation from God, take this book and show me different and I'll believe you. But until you do, you better say, Lord, if this guy's telling me the truth, please show me. I'm opening my heart, Father. I'm willing to understand and accept the truth if it's the truth. You tell him that and show me in your book, Lord. Show me in your book with the Holy Spirit being my teacher. Now, if you're honest, that's what you'll do. Back to Revelation, brother. Verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Okay, you got a little book. What is this little book? Is it that book that was handed down from the Father into the nail-pierced hands of our Lord? Is that is that the little book that he tells John to eat? What's so bad? What what's, what's that? That's the scriptures all the way through the Word of God. The Word of God. The words of God are are characterized by food. You knew that, didn't you? John's not the first one that was told to eat the book, to eat the word. By the way, what the, what eating the book means is consume it and let it become part of your life to receive the words of Christ, to receive the words of God. 
not running around trying to find something wrong with them or rejecting them, but receiving them. Brother Chad, turn to Jeremiah 16 and read verse 15. Okay. Give you a, give you a couple examples of the Word of God being likened unto food and being told, somebody being told to eat them and consume them and then put them out. Because that's what John is being told to do. 1615? 1615, Jeremiah. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north. Excuse me, brother, I must be dyslexic dyslexic in my mind. It's 1516, brother. Oh, yeah, there it is. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name. O Lord God of hosts. Okay, go to Ezekiel chapter 3 and read verses 1 through 3. Ezekiel done the same thing. Jeremiah did it. Ezekiel did it. John's being called to do it. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll. And go speak unto the house of Israel. Oh, by the way, that roll's a scroll, folks, okay? So don't get to thinking it's some bakery bread or something. Go ahead, brother. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it. And it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. You got that, folks? Go to go to go to Psalms. What's that thing? One nineteen. That's all about the word of God. Psalm one hundred three. One nineteen. One hundred three. I'm looking at. <laughs> we'll read it, brother Dave. Oh, okay. How sweet are thy words unto my taste? Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Oh, uh, chatter me, sorry. Either one, don't matter which one gets oh, there first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And there you go. So, John, go back to Revelation 10 now, and let's go. I want you to read that verse again, and I'll explain something. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go, and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it, and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Yeah, and go on. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Okay. So, and it's just like... Eating the word of folks, listen. (laughs) 
oh, I mean, how many times have I screamed and puked and slobbered this about this book? A true child of God, that first love when it comes, you want to eat everything, you want to eat it, it's just the sweetest honey to you. Every page is a revelation because you're learning more about the one that saved your soul, the one that loved you enough to die for you. It's sweet in your mouth, and then after you start eating it, there comes knowledge, and and it's exciting, but you start after a while as you grow. That food makes you grow, see? You grow as a Christian. It, it, the Word of God's likened unto milk. It's likened unto bread in Matthew 4, 4, all right? It's called the bread of life. It's likened unto honey. We just read that. We was talking a little bit about it before the program started about the Word of God. You can get so much you get sick at your stomach practically. You know, honey will make you sick if you eat too much of it. Or meat. Yeah, or meat, either one. But it's likened unto meat, honey, bread, milk, water. It's likened unto water. Yeah, yeah, water too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what it, you consume it and putting it in your belly, the, what, what the, it's, it's, it's the idiom of understanding and receiving God's words as God's words. You can't do this. You can't do this if you have doubts about God's word, folks. It cannot be done. That's why it is so important about the things I've screamed about for so long. He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is what, Brother Chad? Um, ooh. He that he, he that doubteth is damned if he eat, yeah. because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is what? Is not of God. No, it's sin. Yeah. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Got it. It's the last verse in Romans chapter 14. You cannot. You I don't do you have I don't, you go get your fifty versions. Go run to your Greek or Hebrew. If you can't read this with full assurance that it's God's word with the faith in it, and you can't receive it as God's word, you ain't got no revelation, folks. Show, the Holy Spirit ain't going to show you squat. A deceiving spirit may show you something. Because the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And if, he's, if he teaches the Word of God, and what you think you got is the Word of God, and it ain't, then you ain't getting taught nothing. But through this, this sweetness in the mouth, it, it's sweet. Prophecy is wonderful, folks. It's, it gives us hope. It's exciting, okay? It, it, it curbs curiosity. That's why 99% of the folks that, when they first trust Christ, they're all excited about prophecy. They're all excited about it. But once you learn what all it entails, like we're fixing to learn about this time period of Jacob's trouble, then, it, then you start learning it's a period of time for every swinging soul that's worse than it ever has been since the earth was created, 
or ever shall be ever again, then it start. If you've got any, if you if you're Israelite with compassion, it gets it starts getting to you when you realize what's going to happen to people. If it's if it's really a part of you, if you've really received it. Even God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked, folks. And would you take pleasure in the death of the wicked? If your father doesn't? Therefore it becomes bitter because John's fiction has to prophesy before many nations, kindreds, and tongues what the angel's fixing to tell him to do. But it's bitter in his stomach because he's received it and believed it. That's the bitterness that it is. Wholesale, you that you that watched those uh, videos, the documentary on the all of our kindred laid out on the street that was bombed to obliteration in World War II in Germany. That didn't affect you. Or you only get affected when it's closer to home. When it just when you stump your toe. I thought the book said, "Love your brother as yourself." And he said, "I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. Ate it up." And it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. When John got the whole thing, he saw the whole picture. His belly got bitter. Verse 11, Brother Dave. Okay. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Absolutely. Oh, there's been many people wonder what this little book was. My teacher said it was the book of Revelation. That's what my, that, that's what I that's that was his guess that it was the book of Revelation, this revelation of Jesus Christ in its completeness, he was given to John, and by him writing it down on the Isle of Patmos and it being included in the canon, John actually did prophesy before many nations and peoples and kindreds and tongues, all that stuff, and kings. That's one way of looking at it. Do you think about that stuff? See, though we may be in prophecy, folks, the, 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 the applications in our life is right before our eyes because we're fixing to get into some heavy-duty stuff. We're getting, we're we're fixing to get into a bunch of folks running around singing the song of Moses. 
we're fixing to get into but to talk about a group of folks that keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. We're fixing to get in and talk about a bunch that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Three different classifications, three classes. Three separate bunches. Paul said, I give none offense to the Jew, nor to the Gentile, nor to the church. One, two, three. Wonder why it's that way. Brother Chad? Yes. Any questions in the chat room? I'll give y'all time to ask them, by the way. Um, I know there's a, a there's a time lapse in between when my mouth's running and by the time y'all can type. I know there's there's um, um what do you call it a delay. So sure. if y'all got any questions about anything, if anything has been said, go ahead and ask. Go ahead, birthday. I'll fill in some time while people are writing. Yeah. Um, Proverbs eleven ten. Now I know that it says in scripture that God takes doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Mm-hmm. But also in Proverbs 11.10, now this isn't necessarily speaking of saints, but Proverbs 11.10, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's God's judgment has been fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But God himself doesn't take pleasure in having to do it. Right, right. But there is uh, also the, would you say that there is some, because the judgment has been complete, there's a relief in the people. There's a, you know. Let let me explain this way better. You've got you and I, and we get mad at somebody, and we want to see justice. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, because execution against an evil work is not executed speedily. Mm-hmm. The sons of man's hearts is setting them to do evil. Do away with electric chair, hanging, all that stuff, or put them yeah. off on death row for 50 years. They just keep on doing it. Keep People, there's there's no deterrent to crime, okay? Right. That's the reason that verse is there, because it's the truth. Okay, you take, if somebody sinned against you, and you've absolutely hated them. You could say you say you they put them in a lake of fire, and they was they started screaming. You might could put up with it and laugh about it for a while, but maybe a year thinking about well they killed my child, maybe two years. But after ten, would you wouldn't they, wouldn't they be punished enough? Or would you are you that are you that sadistic? that you just want to keep on and on and on punishing them. See, if you look at it like that, it's a different ball game. Now let me reverse it a little bit. Sinning against us, sinning against your fellow man, we have compassion and everything, and we're sinners ourselves. God forgave Manasseh, and Manasseh was the most wicked king that Israel ever had. He killed babies, burned them on the altar to Molech, caused Israel to sin. He was the worst king Israel ever had. God forgave him. Ahab 
he said he was he was one sorry low down sap sucker. And at the end of his life, it says he walked quietly with the Lord. But in the end, see, we have a holy and righteous God that the payment has, payment has to be made for sin, folks, some way. It has to be paid. Transgressions must be accounted for. For us, we might could do with 10 years somebody getting suffering, but we'd, we'd eventually let them out. We'd think that they had learned their lesson. But with an eternal God, when you sin against him, that requires eternal judgment. Because there's no payment that you can make that'll satisfy him. That's the reason for the lake of fire. And when it said the smoke of their torment goeth up forever and ever, that's what it means. Forever and ever. And it like it was never prepared for you or I or anybody else that walks on two legs. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Because there has to be an account for their sin of turn, a rebellion against God. And it calls for eternal punishment against an eternal God. Yes, it does. So you need to think about that stuff. I don't care about all these fairy tales you've heard. I don't care about all this stuff saying this is fable, that's fable. Well, I don't care about all that stuff. You better stop and think about this stuff. And pray about it. Anybody wrote any questions down, Brother Day? No, I don't see any. Do you, Chad? I don't see any here, no? Uh, no, no question. Uh, so the, the verses that God has no pleasure, is that the ones from Ezekiel? Yes, read it, brother. Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 33. Oh, 33. 33 is between, it's chapter 33, somewhere between verse 8 and 14, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think it's chapter 11 here. Um, Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye... Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Mm. Mm. Talking about wicked Israelites. Mm. Wow. There's a place in the book of Psalms, and I it's in it's it's in Psalms one between one thirty and one thirty nine, where it talks about the people going into Babylon and slamming their babies against the wall, bashing out their brains in a good way of God's judgment on Babylon. I'm not, I, 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 I used to have, I, I posted it on Facebook one day, man. They didn't nobody like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the book says. I, and I, and I, I can't 
Steve, if you want to, you can find it. And I hadn't looked for it in a while, but I think it's between one thirty and one thirty-eight, one thirty-nine. I think in in Psalms, but it's, the context is the destruction of Babylon, the real destruction of Babylon. None of this, folks, ever happened in the past. I keep telling you that because you're going to have Bible teachers and big-time money man scholars is going to tell you that it's talking about in the past, and it ain't because they don't match. Things different are are not the same, are they, Brother Chad? They are not. Uh, but if you find it, read it for them. I want you all to hear this. Um, I can't in some find the word dashed but in Hosea 13:16 Samaria shall become desolate for she hath rebelled against her god they shall fall by the sword and their infants shall be dashed in pieces and their women with child shall be ripped up yeah there's another place i didn't i I'd forgotten about that one um, it, it'll be against the wall. Is you find you'll find that verse by typing okay. in the word against the wall. Okay, I'll try that. I I found another one in Ezekiel about the wicked. Ezekiel eighteen twenty three. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? So it says the same thing, basically. Yeah, well, that's in the New Testament says God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. See, that's the way it is in the New Testament. Yeah, well, that's uh, echoed in Ezekiel. Yep. Is it? I think uh, Dave check Psalm one thirty-seven. That may be it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I against the wall. I can't find that in Psalms at all. But you know, maybe I've even forget. It is a, a term that's used. Yeah, one thirty-seven nine. I'm getting. Uh, I'm not there, but if you go there, it's on one thirty-seven nine. I'll go there and look. One thirty-seven nine. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. One thirty-seven. Nine. That's it. That's the one. And it's not against the wall. It's against the stones. Read on. Read that. Yeah. That's nine verses, Brother Dave. Okay. Start at the paragraph, okay. Mark at verse 7. Verse 7. Uh, Psalm 137, verse 7. Yeah. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it. Raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. There you go. There you go, brother. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Nobody liked that one on Facebook. <laughs> uh, how could God put something in the Bible like that? How could that be Holy Spirit driven? Every word of God is pure. That's just the way it is. Well, you know, when He 
killed every man, woman, and child in Canaan. It was because these were abominations. It was out of mercy. It was out of mercy in yes. a way. Yeah, absolutely. And these were chimera. They were partly angel, partly people, mixed seed. That's right. And well, maybe this is the case here. That's right. It's, and, and like I said, it's the mystery of God shall be fulfilled. Then we'll we'll know all the mysteries. We'll know why he did it. Everything will make sense. Everything will make sense. For man to try to run around here in his flesh body and, and prone to sin and try to figure out the mind of God is hilarious. Yeah. Outside of outside of the Holy Spirit teaching you through the book, it's absolutely ludicrous. And it's caused more more atheists and agnostics and people to fall away from the faith. When they when they start getting these questions in their mind that you that you just can't come up with an answer for a, a good enough answer. All right, that's the reason I make that comment that if you love him enough to understand it, it's all his pleasure that matters. Then it doesn't matter what the Bible says. You accept it, say Amen with a smile, and that's just the way it is. Brother Chad, dismissed in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the assembly tonight, Lord. We give thanks for your words, Lord, that we're able to yes. eat, eat them and, and consume them, Lord, and that they be sweet in our bellies, Lord. And we know that you have great purpose for us, Lord, and that you've commanded us to eat these words and grow from them, Lord. We pray that the that what we've heard tonight and these words will feed our inward spirit, man, our our inward spirit, Lord, the inward man. As we pray that you help us not quench the spirit, but starve our outward man, Lord, that we may be closer to you yes, Lord. after this evening, and that we're forgiven of our sins of the day, Lord, and that we forget not to have fellowship with you and to pray in all truth and honesty to you, Lord, and to ask you for your forgiveness and to show us those things that we've not repented from, Lord, the things in the backs of our closets that sometimes we sit and we we just forget about the the clutter that's in our lives, in our souls, in our spirits, Lord, well, through our Holy Spirit that we're pure in your eyes, Lord, because of the Son that you sent come to reclaim us, to pay the debt that we were never able to pay, Lord, and that the gospel of, of your grace, Lord, that we need not even pay back for that debt that you've settled it for us in the blood of our precious Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray for all things good and for his sake and his sake alone. Amen. 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 Folks, let me tell you something. Just think about one if you had to run around grabbing up a sheep and go and sacrifice it, you know, and and you had to go to this feast day and that feast day, and you had to watch this new moon and that new moon, and you had to make a sin offering and a trespass offering and this offering and that offering and you was just making offerings all the time. Just busy as a bee trying to make offerings for stuff 
that you did because of your sin, and even then it didn't clear you of anything. It just gave you probation period for another year. And then for 2,000 years, the gospel of the grace of God, where all you had to do was trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and receive eternal life, and you rejected it. Can you imagine just that punishment of having to go through eternity knowing it was right there at your fingertips, right there at your lip tips, and in your heart, and you wouldn't have nothing to do with it? That's punishment enough. Separation from God is punishment enough. You need to think about those things. Obedience now, rain later. That's the way it is. That's the way he's got it laid out, folks. That's that's his elect, his pride. That's the way it's laid out. Serve now, reign later. You can't reign now and serve later. It, it don't work that way. You either serve now, or yeah, there is no reigning later. Can't get no sense. My goodness, the gift of God's free. The gift of God is free. But you're, unless you're a Christian on welfare and you think you got the free gift of God and everything else is free too. See, that's that that's Christian welfare, guys. That's that's the blue gum, the, the type of a blue gum on welfare, okay? We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And those good works build us up into the holy temple of God, into his household. And in that household, there's many vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. Brother Dave, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Okay. Let's see how Paul so eloquently puts this. Start reading at verse 8 and just read the rest of that chapter. And then we'll go ahead and close. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, 
having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And Amen. There you go. There you go. Amen. All right, Brother Dave. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. The email address is also the PayPal account for Pastor Don. So you can email him with this or you can go directly to PayPal and enter this address. Respect to the Lord at yahoo.com again that email account number is respect to the lord at yahoo.com the mailing address is 3155 louisville street apartment d1 clio alabama zip code 36017 that's 360 one seven and thanks for listening everyone good job guys good job good job good job appreciate it very much folks god bless each and every one of you think about the things that's been said tonight please pray for our country please ask the lord for mercy i'd appreciate that very much take it in first chronicles seven fourteen second chronicles seven fourteen you know um saying that makes me think today I listened to some broadcasts where they never mentioned the Word of God, hardly ever. And what in the world was they talking about today? The Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and pasting it on the on the screen. I'm getting religion all of a sudden. I'm just telling you, folks. His people is always a remnant, and it's a big remnant right now. May he smile and have mercy on us. Keep just, just. I wish you'd, I wish you'd take it to him in prayer, real prayer, real prayer. Anyway, we will pick up with Isaiah, chapter two, this coming Friday night. And I hope each and every one of you have a, a blessed week. And uh, until then, be with you, Lord willing and health permitting, this coming Friday night. Good night, brother Dave and brother Chad and brother Kevin. I love you guys. 
Great job. Good night, everyone in the chat room. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, Good night all. Good night. Good night, brother. The love of God is greater far than hunger can, can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.